Hi, I'm Jonathan Edwards, and I want to welcome you to the Jed Breaks Bread podcast. My goal in this podcast is to teach the truth of the Word of God and apply it to our lives that our orthopraxy might be as good as our orthodoxy. May you be blessed. Well, hey, everyone. I hope that you weren't eagerly anticipating the next episode. And if you were, my apologies for having nearly 30 days or a little bit over 30 days between episodes. But I got to tell you, the reason I haven't recorded in a month is that I got the corona. Yes, I came down with COVID-19 the week before Thanksgiving. So shortly after the last episode was published, I got coronavirus. In that same period of time, my grandmother had died and my mom was visiting us, getting ready to uh, do the funeral and the calling hours. And my mom got corona, and my wife got corona, and two of my children got corona. So we were down and out in quarantine for a little over 14 days. And in that time, we did uh, get to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday in quarantine together. We also were able to have a little memorial service by ourselves for our grand for our grandmother it would have been my mom's mom you know that was hard to have to miss the the funeral i was sad because i was supposed to be able to preach it or i was i had the opportunity to preach it but thankfully my dad was ready to go and he preached the funeral and he did a great job communicating the gospel and some of the ways that my grandmother had impacted him and my mom and our family throughout the years. This leaves Meredith and I now with just one remaining grandparent, her grandmother, who just turned 99 years old. And Lord willing, she'll make it to 100. That would be that would be pretty neat if she made it to 100 next year. That'd be quite the accomplishment. And obviously, that's only by the Lord's strength and the Lord's power. But it is yet a... a sweet blessing to still have her in our lives. Well, if you remember, and if you're listening through these, if you just found these, uh, this is not going to be any surprise to you because you just finished episode 70 and now you're moving on to episode 71. But as for me, I had to go back and like re-listen to the last episode and be like, how far did I get? Because the, the recording process just got interrupted by COVID. And uh, it was about three weeks that I struggled with a small cough after COVID. So it would have been hard to record. It would have required a lot of extra editing. So I just said, you know what, let's, let's wait until maybe the cough uh, subsides and I can uh, return to a really, really full health. And, and praise the Lord I have. Praise the Lord others in our church who have gotten COVID also have returned to full health. Uh, let's turn our attention now to the Word of God and how the Word of God provides instruction for us in the transformation of our speech. Well, last week we looked at some commands. I want to make sure that you understand these are commands from the Apostle Paul out of Ephesians chapter 4 regarding speech. And just to just to refresh you, the two commands that we looked at uh, specifically pertaining to speech came from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So 
one of the primary aspects of our speech should be truth-telling. We should speak true things to one another. And in a marriage, this is obviously extraordinarily important that we speak true things to one another, for it is the foundation of trust and fidelity within a marriage. And the second uh, truth that we examine, the second command we examined from a month ago, uh, for the previous episode, I should say, is uh, verse 29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Now, we, um, we took a look at that in very specific detail. If you want to go back and review, go listen to episode 71. But now I want to really draw some application from these things, and I want to speak specifically to husbands now. Husbands, we have a responsibility not only to uh, use these two commands as a foundation, but there are, there are, and there are other commands regarding speech that we ought to, to master. But I think, husbands, we have to recognize that we are leaders, or we must become leaders, in our speech patterns. Now, what do I mean by this? I mean this, whether you have godly speech patterns or ungodly speech patterns, your children and your wife will imitate the speech patterns that regularly come out of your mouth. I recall in the first few years of our marriage that I personally struggled a lot with outbursts of anger. I still occasionally do, but it's much much less now because of the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and much prayer and self-discipline. But I remember that when I, I first got married to my wife, we, and she was a very uh, temperamental person when she got upset. So she didn't, she didn't raise her voice. She, she was very just temperamental. Like she had a good way of expressing herself when she was upset. But after being around me for a year or two, she learned to emulate the loud outbursts of anger that I frequently had when we would have arguments or disagreements. And I, I recognized that I think I was out hunting or I'm not sure what I was doing. I was alone by myself and I recognized that, you know, the way my wife was acting, it was not her it was not her character, but she had adopted part of me. She had adopted the way that I act, and I could see that it had changed her. And my speech pattern, my sinful speech pattern was affecting my wife. Men, we have to consider that. We have to really do some hard self-examination when we consider the way that we speak to our family. I think about like what I speak to one of the ladies at church in the same way that I spoke to my wife. Of course I wouldn't. Of course I wouldn't. So why would I treat my wife any differently than I would treat some sister in Christ at my church? I think we far too often fall prey to a mode of thinking or a way of thinking that says, you know, well, I'm married to this person. We've committed to each other. Um, and because we've committed to each other, I can act however I want to, and this person still has to take me. They still have to love me. We let our guard down. We let them see our worst version of ourselves. And men, it cannot be that way. 
we have to be leaders in our speech patterns for righteousness. Because as I just explained in that illustration, we are leaders in our speech patterns, whether it's for righteousness or for wickedness and in, in encouraging our spouse and our children to act wickedly or speak wickedly with the words that come out of their mouths. Now, those of you who are parents, I'm sure that you have had this experience that I've also had where you're sitting in a, a room, maybe you're reading or uh, watching a movie or something, and you hear your children interacting. And one of your children begins to lecture one of the other kids, and you think to yourself, that sounds just like me. I think we've all had that moment. And now, you know, you're, what you do is, is you model behavior for your children. And so you're not directly responsible for their sin. And perhaps maybe they take it too far because they're children, they don't understand. But boy, when you listen to one of your children lecture the other child and you think to yourself, that sounds a lot like me. Would I like to be lectured like that? Does that bring honor and glory to God with the way that this correction and discipline is occurring? You know, that's just something to really stop and think about. So husbands, we have a responsibility to be leaders in our speech patterns, leaders for godliness. So I want to bring to your attention three commands from the Word of God that will help us do a better job of speaking in good and transformational and godly ways. Okay, gentlemen, the first command that you need to really master in relationship to speech transformation is the, the command that you should be mastering or, or allowing to overrule and control every aspect of your relationship with your wife. And that is found in Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, love your wife as Christ loves the church. What does this mean? There are literally a dozen or more applications that we could make for this in marriage. But what I want to point out to you is that the Greek word used here, love, uh, that is translated as love in the English language, is the Greek word agape. And this, this type of love has the idea of something that is self-sacrificial and something that is initiating. So you, husband, are going to sacrifice something that you like, and you are going to initiate towards your wife. Now, I think what we are talking about in terms of sacrificial or sacrificing when it comes to speech is the patterns of speech that are effective with men. So you need to recognize that the patterns of speech that are effective with men that work when you're in the office or when you're at a work environment or maybe when you're hanging out with guys, the guys, those patterns of speech, those are not effective ways to communicate with your wife. Again, this is general. Sometimes some women are different, but these in general are not effective ways to communicate with your wife. One thing that your wife needs that most men don't really care about is kindness and tenderness in the tone of your voice and in the style of words that you say. I know that I have offended my wife with quick and hasty speech. And I did not intend for it in any way to be negative 
sinful. I wasn't trying to criticize what she was doing, but she'll tell me later, that really hurt my feelings. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, I, I didn't mean it to hurt your feelings. Why did it hurt her feelings? Because I was speaking to her like I would speak to one of my guy friends or a coworker. And sometimes women just are sensitive to that type and style of speech. They don't, they don't get it. They, they view it, the abruptness and the harshness that men speak to each other as um, a criticism rather than just the way men are. And we've had this conversation and so, and she understands that and, but she does bring it to my attention because sometimes I can get into that pattern. Well, why, why would I bring this example up underneath the command, love your wife as Christ loved the church? Well, Christ loved the church in a self-sacrificial way, right? It says Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Men, you are going to need to sacrifice the speech patterns and the speech habits that you have in order to please your wife and communicate well with her. It's the same thing with your children. I find myself talking to my boys who are five and three in the same way that I would talk to adult men. But my boys who are five and three, one day they will be able to understand that. But right now they need tenderness. They need kindness. They need loving reaffirmation. They need to understand that, you know, there is uh, a, a type of speech that requires harshness because it's, it's disciplinary in nature or it's serious in nature because you're communi- communicating serious things. But I can't talk to my five and three-year-old with the same type of speech that I use with the guys. That's just not realistic. It's not feasible. It's not healthy for them. So men, we need to love our wives so much that we are willing to change our speech patterns for them. Now, a second thing that we must do as husbands is to not be embittered against our wives. This comes from Colossians 3.19. And Paul writes here, Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Now, this word embittered means to have a sharp, intense resentment or hate. And bitterness is an attitude of the heart. And we must remember that what is in our hearts is often what is going to come out through our mouths. So if you are bitter against somebody, especially your wife, your words are going to be sharp. They're going to be biting. They will not be kind or gracious or gentle. I think that bitterness is a secret sin that a lot of people have. And perhaps there are a lot of men who have this secret sin of bitterness. I can only believe that to be true, not because of all the men I've talked to, but because Paul writes this inspired by the Holy Spirit specifically for men. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Bitterness often comes out like a sniper picking off enemy combatants. There's a little bit here, there's a little bit there, but bitterness often results in just wearing down the person whom God has given to you to be a helpmate. Husbands, if you find that you are embittered in your heart towards your wife, you need to work hard to resolve that bitterness. Maybe maybe there's been uh, grudges that are being held. Maybe there is unresolved sin or conflict within your marriage, unresolved tension. Husbands, you must do whatever you can to work to resolve that bitterness. 
And the purpose for this, the purpose is that your speech will be much more improved if you're not bitter against your wife. Your speech will improve greatly. Your attitude towards her will improve greatly if you are not embittered against your wife. Now, here's the third way that you can be a leader in your speech pattern. And actually, this one, maybe maybe it involves speech, but maybe it involves listening more. And this one comes from uh, 1 Peter 3.7. I don't think I'm telling you any verses or bringing any verses to your attention that you've never heard before. But what I am trying to do is bring some well-known verses to your mind and then give you an application that is specific to your wife in relationship to speech, how you speak to her. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Here's the command. Live with your wife in an understanding way. What does it mean to live with your wife in an understanding way? It means that you are going to recognize the differences between male and female. It means you're going to recognize that God created your wife to be in tune and in sync with different things and he created you to be in tune and in sync about. It means that you are going to be very careful in how you express yourself because you are trying to figure out the best way to communicate with your wife. She is weaker. What does that mean, weaker? Does it mean that she's somehow less than a man? No, she's just more fragile. She's emotionally weaker than you are. She's physically weaker than you are. She is a more tender-hearted vessel. By nature, by, the, by God's perfect design, she is more caring and more thoughtful and more sensitive than you are. So it's very easy to crush somebody with your words. And husbands, if you're going to live with your wife in an understanding way, you cannot crush her with your words. You must recognize that she is weaker than you are, and the tone of voice, the way that you speak, the types of words that you speak, those things can all have a greater impact on your wife than they will upon your male friends or your male coworkers. To live with your wife in an understanding way means you are going to change your speech patterns when you're speaking with your wife to those that are profitable and beneficial to her. Your speech patterns will bring glory and honor to her. Now, you need to learn what your wife can handle and what she can't handle. Maybe your wife happens to be somebody who appreciates sarcasm, and you can use sarcasm with your wife. Maybe that's fine for you. But if your wife is somebody who doesn't appreciate sarcasm, if she doesn't appreciate that type of speech, you need to refrain from using sarcasm with your wife. This happens to be the situation that I'm in. I can be sarcastic. I can have a lot of fun making sarcastic jokes with my friends. Uh, we can bust on each other and it's all good at the end of the day, right? That's just, we think it's fun and funny. But that doesn't play well with my wife. When I try to use sarcasm with her, she just gets very insulted <laughs> and she doesn't understand it. And that's, that's fine. She doesn't have to understand it. She doesn't have to change to fit my speech. My speech needs to change to fit 
what is beneficial to her. And so I rarely, rarely, rarely use sarcasm with my wife. I learned that early in our dating relationship and early in our marriage that when I tried to use it, it just fell flat and it caused more problems than good. So I stop. I stop doing that. You know, you can't compare the type of speech that your friend and his wife have together with what you and your wife have together. Your friend and his wife, they have their own relationship. They have their own personalities. They are figuring out how to blend their speech patterns to be beneficial to one another. And what your friend and his wife might be able to do is something that you and your wife may not be able to do. So don't be jealous and don't tell your wife that she needs to change. Rather, you need to say, God, God, you have given me a command to live with my wife in an understanding way. And because of this, I need to work hard I need to work hard at living with her in this understanding way. I need to change my speech patterns. And men, this is all the responsibility of leadership. You might say, well, that's not fair that I have to change. She doesn't have to do anything. Well, you know what? God has some things to say to women, and I'm going to cover those in the next episode. But right now I'm talking to you, men, and God has some things to say to you. And these are the things that you must master. You have been given a responsibility by God to be a leader in your marriage and in your family. And part of that leadership is manifested in your speech patterns. Men, I can tell you this. My relationship with my wife has improved greatly once I started putting off the speech patterns that were affecting my wife negatively. I still, I still sin against her. I still use speech against her that uh, is not profitable, and I have to ask forgiveness for that. But when I understood how these commands that are that are general commands, you know, these are the general commands that every husband should be trying to master. When I understood how these commands related to my speech patterns with my wife, that really helped me to grow and to transform, because I was saying to myself. You know, if speech does communicate the thoughts and intentions of your heart, what am I what am I communicating to my wife by my speech? By using speech patterns and habits of speech that were hurtful to her, it was communicating from my heart that I didn't really care about her in a very special and extraordinary way. Maybe I cared about her in some ways, but I didn't care about her whole being. So, men, I just want to challenge you right now that you would seriously consider these three commands to love your wife, to not be embittered against your wife, and to live with her in an understanding way. And you would consider how these commands ought to expect, ought to change your transformation of speech and how you communicate with your wife. And you know what? As I used a couple times in an example here, they can change your relationship with your your children as well. We need to recognize children need nurturing. We're not great at nurturing, but one thing we can improve uh, is how we speak to our children. So men, let us commit ourselves to being like Christ, especially in the area of our speech. For it is in the area of our speech that the true changes that are taking place in our heart 
will be manifested. We must never forget that our speech reflects our heart. And if your wife is maybe cold or withdrawn or distant from you, perhaps it's because she doesn't sense that there is that warmness, that spiritual transformation that's really going on in your heart. Men, we have a tendency to be quiet. We have a tendency to refrain from speaking, from being afraid to speak up and say our minds. But brothers, let's commit to speaking good and godly truths and good and godly words to our wives and to our family, for this is how we truly do express the work of the Spirit in our lives. All right, well, this is enough for this particular episode. Next episode, we're going to focus on the speech transformation of wives and look at some of the specific things that the Bible has to say in relationship to that. If you haven't done so, I would encourage you to hit the uh, hit the like button uh, on this podcast. Just give it a go ahead wherever wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple or someplace else. Just give it give it a five star rating, or if it's on YouTube, give it a thumbs up and let me know what you think about it. Um, I appreciate your support and all the uh, time that you spend listening to these truths, and I hope that you are being transformed by the Word of God as you hear the Word of God explained in such a manner. God bless you. Until next time, keep speaking loving words.